What's up, everybody? Hope you're doing well. Just a quick reminder that this episode is brought to you by Shamrock Sun, your new big-ass bottle of sunscreen. Check them out on Instagram at shamrocksun.com and also newly available on Amazon. With the spring and summer rapidly approaching, load up on the screen, take care of that skin. Shamrock Sun has got you covered. This episode is also brought to you by Menard Premium Detailing, the ultimate, the premier, the best auto detail service in Bucks County, I'd argue in the state, in the country. Uh, Menard Premium Detailing, check them out at MenardPremiumDetailing.com, on Instagram, on YouTube, shout out to them. Thanks everybody for listening, now let's go. Thoughts from the Shade, episode 37. Welcome back, everybody. Hope you had a great weekend. Hope you enjoyed your new toy in James Harden. Sixers get two dubs with the beard over the weekend. Uh, let's just check in with our co-host, the man, Bomb, right now. Bomb, how was your weekend? What's happening, brother? Well, good, G. Gearing up for another uh, another golf trip, heading down to Pinehurst here uh Wednesday and then uh, Charleston uh, at the end of the weekend. So, uh, yeah, I'll be back next week, but always have time for our loyal listeners and my co-host G man. Super appreciated. Um, That's great. I mean, you're like, like I said it before, you're like the most interesting man in the world right now. I mean, do you have any time for work other than, you know, this podcast? Yeah, just just work on the golf course and work on the pod. That's it, man. That's important this time of year. Um, well, I, I had a good weekend. Thanks for asking. Uh, but but just qu- just quickly, uh, you know, had a gathering with uh, with some friends, uh, some family of, of the girlfriend, and and they one of the uh, one of the attendees brought over these these sea owl spiked iced teas, and uh, you know we were drinking those up. They're delicious. And, you know, we posted a little bit of the party to the Instagram story and got the repost from the Island Pod and Sea Isle Ice and Hoop Tea was giving us the follow. So just just a quick shout out, I guess, to those guys. I mean, the product is great. Those guys are, are all about having a good time. And thanks for sharing that stuff. Um, yeah, and I got to give a shout out to you. Why is that? For drinking it. Because last week, your boy Bomb got a check in the mail. For $166.74 from Hoop Tea, the makers of Sea Isle Ice Tea. So I want to thank you, my man G, your significant other, her family, for sucking them down and uh, making sure the money's coming to the bomb. Wow. Wow. Bomb's involved, huh? Bomb is an investor, folks. That's that's news to me. But, hey, uh, more more reason to, to, to support the cause, support you know the local the local guys the island pod and, and bomb himself and uh, everybody else involved i think it's a uh, a good thing they're doing like i said it's a good tasty product um so we'll just leave it at fuck twisted tea right yeah fuck twisted tea but i mean more importantly uh you know we had some some input from listeners from friends from followers on last week's episode um I mean, the Sixer, the Sixer fans were, were put on blast, Bomb, and uh, 
some people weren't happy about it. Some people listened to episode 36 and they, they were like, I feel like bombs talking directly to me and, and this and that. Um, I mean, I, myself, I put myself for the Sixers in the casual fan category. You know, I rely on others for, for the, the scoop, you know, the in-depth scoop and whatnot, but I feel like you got to be excited, but you got to, you got to keep it in check because, these things don't ever work out well for us. But, I mean, a- anything to say to the fans two games in, Bob? No, I mean, did everyone take take time off yet for the parade? Like, did you put in your PTO? I guess that's the only question I have. I mean, I watched a few minutes of that, that Knicks game, and uh, the thing that stood out to me was, gee, um, if these guys aren't 100%, they're, they're cooked. Uh, Harden, we know, is getting up there. Says he feels good. Says the hammy feels good. And Beat always seems to run into issues in the playoffs, whether it be gastrointestinal issues or knee issues. But, man, when uh, when Harden and Embiid were not on the floor together, it looked like a different team. That Harris, like I said, that that Tobias Harris is a fraud. He's a bum. You would think he's like the 11th man on the bench and he's getting paid a max deal. So those are my takeaways, Uh, you know. Obviously, it's it's great to see uh, a, a guy who can, uh, you know, show up for a game or two games and pass Ben Simmons on the all-time three-point list. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not ready to hang a banner. I don't know about you. What do you think? No, I, I'm not I'm not ready to hang the banner. And I, I don't know. We talked a little bit after, after the episode last week. Like, I think you said it. And... You just can't hang the banner yet. You can't play the song for for a trade, um, but at the same time, like it is exciting and and they looked good. I mean, I don't think the Sixers have had a guy, you know, with with the talent of Harden since Allen Iverson. Um, so I mean, that's that's something to be excited about. And what I didn't realize is that like this guy can really like pass the ball, and you know get guys out on the break and transition. So I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and, you know, act like I'm, I'm telling any, anybody, anything new, any Sixer or NBA fan, any, anything new. But like, for me, I just didn't realize that this guy could, could really distribute and facilitate the way that he has through two games. Uh, and then he can just kind of do his own thing. Uh, really has Embiid involved on the pick and pop or the pick and roll. So it, it's exciting, but you can't book the parade yet. You can't hang the banner yet. And you said it, um, you know, rather than banging pots and pans when the trade happened and singing the song, we we want the fans to say, this is it. Like, we got to get it done here. Got to get to the finals this year. Have to win the finals this year or next year. And if we don't, I don't want to be down at, in Seattle at the Dead Dog Saloon this summer come July or August hearing that damn song at, at midnight with everybody, you know, hooting and hollering in the middle of the night over a team that just came up short again. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I don't get it down there. You know, I, you know me, I've, I've started many a chant, uh, many a song down in uh, Sea Isle City, and I lean towards teams that have won things, okay? You know, Fly Eagles Fly, Philadelphia Eagles brought home a Super Bowl. Um, they never rebuild. They only reload. And uh, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, if they if they get knocked out short of the finals this year 
and you and I are down the shore having an ice cold, ice cold Coors Light, and there's any type of singing of of that little, you know, stomp your feet, clap your hands, I'm an asshole song. Um, you know, I'm sorry. I'm gonna have to shut it down. Bomb will have to go in there and shut it down. Bomb will have to detonate and go off on these people because anything short of a finals appearance is a failure, and that goes for this year. Um, as for next year, you said it. They have to win it one of these two years. You know, if they get knocked out in the semis or the Eastern Conference Finals, still a failure. So I don't want to hear any singing this summer. Nah, nah, no songs. And and that made me think, like, isn't the song wasn't that like from from the '80s when they were winning and hanging banners? Like, I don't remember any song for like the Iverson era, or, like no, the, the no, Iggy era. Like, I feel, yeah. What did that come back that after back. the process? They brought that back. They brought that back because they wanted to harken back to the good times while people paid two bucks for a ticket and you got, you know, uh, 1,500 Temple students taking the uh, taking the Broad Street line down to Xfinity Live and paying, you know, uh, you know, $2 to get in and get all hopped up and stomp their feet and clap their hands. I mean, just total assholes. Uh, you know, who was the guy who was the the head, the uh, the manager of the Cubs? who complained about a crowd one time during the summer. It was a day game and uh, he called them like a nickel crowd or a dime crowd or something. Called them a bunch of assholes because they're cheap, cheap fucking assholes who just show up, pay like a dime to get in and get hopped up and yell at their own players. We got to find the rant. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. G we'll post that. But like, those are the people that those are the processors. Those are the people that were there during, during that entire rebuild when they were just tanking and uh, it's disgusting. We got to find that rant. We'll get that posted up on the Instagram so everybody knows what I'm talking about. And speaking of, of the fans, I mean, I mean, going back to kind of the rant last week and and the the detonation of bomb on the Sixer crowd, um, you know that that wasn't totally well received. But we were texting in a group chat later, and you kind of gave your breakdown of the Sixer fan base there. So so anybody that you know, felt some type of way last week. We hear you. I'm a casual Sixer fan. You know, you could call me a bandwagon fan. I'll I'll take it. Um, hand up right here. But bombs breakdown of the Sixer fans. Here you go. This was it. 35% is the crop toppers and the Xfinity Live crowd. You know, we mentioned that during football season. You know, they're, they're down there. Gen Z. Drinking, posting the Instagrams and the TikToks, and uh, you know, not not totally concerned about the games. So there's your, that's your 35 percent. Harden jersey already ordered. They've already got them. They're en route. Next 25 percent is your basement dwellers and your Simmons slurpers. Then you have 25 percent that are actual basketball fans. And then you have 15% that, that I would say are like me that, that are casual Sixers fans. Yeah. So if you're in the 25% of like actual basketball fans, I'd consider you probably, um, are like a big five guy. You probably, you know, maybe, maybe you went down to the plaster and watched the Catholic league championship. Um, you know, Newman and, and Ryan, you know, I, I don't know, but you know, there's a rich history of basketball in this city. And that goes from high school through the college ranks up through the pros. And uh, if you're a fan of all, of all three of those levels, I'm, I'm not talking about you when I rip Sixers fans. I'm talking about these NBA only, uh, you know, Gen Z slash Simmons slurpers. Um, and I'm not even talking about the casual fans. So for those people who felt some kind of way, uh, you know, 
last week after our Rip Sixers fans. Just know I'm talking about the top portion, right? That what, what were the percentages? 35% were the, the Xfinity Live. Yeah, the crop toppers and Xfinity, and then 25% were the Gen Z basement dwellers and Simmons slurpers. Yeah, so the you know I'm talking about the 60% of fans that fall into those buckets. I'm not talking about basketball fans and like the casual Sixers fans. And I think there's a a picture that that you shared, and it's like four four younger bros. They they look like Gen Chat. Z guys, and, and they're sitting courtside at the center off of daddy's debit, you know, celebrating a, uh, a Ben Simmons slam or something. And Ben's running down the court and they got their hands out looking, looking for the high fives. Like, I th- I think that's kind of the epitome of like the kind of fan that, that you were getting at last week. Yeah. A hundred percent. And these people who like the thing I have with these younger people who are like all about the tank and all about the process and all, all about like just totally mortgaging the today for the, for the future you don't have the right to to support that or or promote that. You haven't been alive long enough. You haven't suffered as a Philadelphia fan across all four franchises enough to sit there and tell me that we're going to just totally tank and and throw away 10 years of our lives. So I don't want to hear it. I got a problem with anybody under 25 who supported that. Probably anybody under 27. I don't know what what the age bracket is now for the Gen Zers. But uh, as you know, G, right? We didn't win shit until until the Phillies won in 08. You know, in our in our lifetime, right? I mean, there were, there was nothing since since 1980 or 1983, whatever it was. So you know, the, the Phillies win, and and these kids were what in fifth grade, fourth grade, whatever it is. Maybe they maybe their teacher let them eat a couple cupcakes when Chase Utley was saying the f word. Um, so these 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 punks aren't the people that get to dictate our franchise's strategies. So I just want all those people, do me a favor, just shut the fuck up. Yeah, no, I think I think that's valid. And you just like kind of like I don't know, the the reason that I get frustrated with with the Sixers and the process and the whole tank. So obviously, you know, we had a couple really embarrassing seasons. Uh, you know, we're stockpiling the assets and and the draft picks, but I mean, Christ, if it wasn't for Embiid, I mean, you could already call the process like a con- a complete failure because look at all the other picks. I mean, you had Fultz, you had Bum Simmons, you had Nerlens Noel, you had Jaleel Okafor. Uh, I'm sure there's some that I'm Dario. missing. Remember Dario? Bring him over. You, you got to bring him thought, over. You would have thought that guy was Luka Doncic. I mean, we... Like, how is it that the Mavs are able to get Dirk and then go right to Luka? And then these these bozo processors, the tankers, are talking about a draft and stash. We can't wait until Dario comes over. Super Dario! I think I think the other thing that's kind of important to to, to note is, like, Hinky was, was the GM, and, you know, they committed to that. It, it is what it is. Um, but then you had like the league and Adam Silver kind of like force him out and, you know, bring in the Colangelo bros and, and that kind of like diverted from, from the plan. So, I mean, that's got to play a factor as well. You you can't really forget that there either. Well, that's what the processors say, right? They, they, the, the ones who realize it's going to fail are going to say, well, we didn't even get the chance to complete the process because they brought in Colangelo and uh, he made the future deal for Fultz. But what they don't realize is that that issue with the league, Adam Silver and Colangelo, 
it's an indictment of ownership. It's an indictment of Josh Harris. It's an indictment of uh, Michael Rubin. Um, you know, these guys run, uh, or I should say Harris runs a pathetic NHL organization and, uh, and frankly, a pathetic NBA organization. And he got bullied into deviating from the strategy, which I think is absolutely disgusting. So, yeah, you can say, oh, well, the process was it would have would have worked if, you know, we, uh, you know, if, if we were allowed to do it. Well, that's an indictment of ownership. They were they were too weak to stand up to Adam Silver. No, that's well said. And I, I think I'll just kind of round, you know, round this out. Um, and, and again, you know, th- this is not not my own, but I thought it kind of perfectly encapsulated like how the casual Sixers fan or how, you know, the actual basketball fan and Sixers fan at this point kind of feels about it all and reacts to us kind of popping off on all this and and being glass half empty guys on it. Um, So this is not from me. This is from a listener, you know, that, that was talking after last episode. I will be the first in line to agree that the Sixers are historically a horribly run organization and are responsible for botching tons of opportunities, including Jimmy Butler. And I agree that this era will be a failure if we never get a championship with Embiid. But also, the hinky years are the only reason we are able to have these expectations to begin with. I, I think I think that's pretty fair. Like I, like I, I said it, as crazy as it is, the Harden acquisition, you know, there's some lineage back to uh, 2015 that, of how we acquired Harden a few weeks back, and obviously Evan Bede, who's the best big man in the game right now. Um, so, you know, the Sixers are in a good spot, and we here on Thoughts from the Shade, at, le- at least I'll speak for myself, have to make the finals this year, have to win within the next two years. You have two of the top ten scorers, if not two of the top ten players in the league right now. So, yeah, let, let's, let's, let's get excited. Like, I'm the casual fan. I'm back. I think – you know, every game is kind of must-see from here on. Um, but, you know, there's there's just been too much that's gone wrong in the past, and and you're haunted by it as a, as a long-suffering Philly fan. Well said. So we'll look forward uh, to the rest of the week for the Sixers. They've got the Knicks at home, the home debut of the Beard on Wednesday night, rematch with the Knicks. Uh, I believe Friday they have Cleveland at home, and then on a back-to-back they go to Miami to play the first-place Miami Heat. And Monday they play the Bulls at home. So a couple of good teams coming up here in the East after the Knicks uh, can really kind of get a get an idea of how the Sixers are going to match up uh, with some of these other playoff teams uh, come come April or May. Hopefully that cleared the air for everybody. I mean, we'll still be talking down the stretch here and cheering them on, but no feet stomping, no banner raising, no hand clapping. Um, but hopefully hopefully that cleared the air a little bit for the people. Uh, anything else to add there, Bob? No. So obviously we talked about Ben Simmons at length, uh, you know, over the summer. You know, through the holdout and, and after the trade here, um, just kind of switching gears and, and switching switching teams, but kind of maybe a little bit of a similar 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 situation uh, going da- going on down in Arizona. 
and, and we're back on the, we're back to the gridiron. We've got we've got a little off season storyline, a little off season situation uh, with Kyler Murray, uh, a guy that we touched on at length uh, throughout the season and at the beginning of the playoffs uh, for their short lived playoff appearance this season. But uh, it sounds like the Arizona Cardinals might be shopping around for a quarterback or evaluating their options at the QB position. Uh, it doesn't sound like they're totally committed to Kyler Murray at the moment. And, Bob, if you could help me out, I believe it was Murray's agent released a statement. Uh, I don't know if it was late last week or over the weekend or, or so, so at some point recently here, um, but but it was really like a, a cry, you know, from from – Murray's camp uh, for commitment from the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, I mean, it was absolutely disgusting. I mean, we know the the nonsense, the passive-aggressive nonsense that's gone on with his Instagram and taking down all the pictures and all the affiliation with, um, with Arizona. But then his agent comes out with this, like, I mean, how many words does this, G? Like 250? A full-page... It looked like you know how you know you know how like a player who's played in one place his entire life like a, like you know like a Zach Ertz maybe right won a championship gets traded out to Arizona and he takes out a full page in like the Philadelphia Inquirer to thank the fans talk about his time in Philadelphia how he grew from you know a young guy to a, into a man like that's the length of this diatribe on how Arizona needs to commit to Kyler Murray it's so bizarre and he. And he has to reiterate that, quote, he absolutely wants to be your long-term QB. And, quote, he desperately wants to win the Super Bowl. <laughs> I will say, he did look desperate in the playoffs. But I don't know if it had anything to do with fucking winning. Seriously. And, yeah, it's too long to recite. Um, but, like, they're throwing it bold in there. Like, actions speak much louder than words in this volatile business. Kyler remains hopeful that the organization chooses to commit to commit. I can't even read this. Kyler remains hopeful that the organization chooses to commit so that he can continue leading the Cardinals to further success and value for many years to come. Um, nice reading there by me, but well, it's all ca- it's all caps too. It's like a bizarre, like bizarrely written thing there's like bold it's caps some of it's italics it's like i i, I just feel like th- this is so dramatic like actions speak louder louder than words like that's something that my middle school girlfriend would say to me when when i was pissing her off um you know goofing around as a young kid like this is and this is the nfl this is the peak the highest level um and like a professional business setting that, that they're dropping this shit about Kyler Murray and, you know, to commit to him and, and his excellence. And he's a, he's a two time pro bowler. <laughs> I mean, I mean, anybody that watched the game against the Rams and watched kind of how the Cardinals stumbled in the second half of the season. I mean, they were the last undefeated team in the NFL during the regular season, I believe. Uh, and then you had the Hopkins injury and everything just kind of fell to shit. And he certainly didn't look like uh, an elite quarterback uh, through the second half of the season and in that playoff appearance. So just just some some really bizarre, just a bizarre approach, I feel like, from, from Camp Murray. 
And he's got two years left on the deal. I think it's a year, uh, one more year, and then a an option. Um, you know, this guy. I mean, look. You know, I got I got banged a little bit by some folks for calling calling this guy what he is and giving him the nickname Midget Murray because he's a midget physically and he's a midget mentally. And you know, you saw him running around like a little man trying to make these plays, but he's he's a stiff. But off the field, he's a total head case. I mean, I don't know if you remember G. He didn't he didn't start at Oklahoma. I mean, he started at Texas A&M, and when he was a freshman, there were a lot of issues going on with him and Kevin Sumlin. He was excused for practice at at times for quote-unquote personal things. There was a lot of speculation uh, about his future at A&M, and like Sumlin was really, you know, thrown out the dry, you know, basically, uh, you know, getting all these questions about Kyler Murray transferring out of the program, you know, prior to even knowing, you know, what, what way this guy was leaning. His dad was involved. Kevin Murray was involved coming in and meeting with the coach. Um, so this this guy's been, a, a you know, a total head case since day one. He goes to OU, gets drafted by the A's, has a big year in um, in uh, in Lincoln Riley's offense. And all of a sudden he switches his switches his sports up and goes and tries to get the bag from the Cardinals. And now he wants another bag. But, you know, people really aren't talking a lot about what happened at the end of that playoff loss. I mean, there was a rumor going around that he, or there was a report, I think it was from Mike Garofolo from NFL Network saying that he asked out of that game. Did you, did you hear that? I didn't hear that. So that, that, that game uh, in LA where, you know, the games decided, you know, he, he played like a total bozo, and uh, there's about a minute left. And uh, he basically said, I'm done. Uh, that's it. I'm, I'm not going back in. And uh, I guess Colt McCoy tried to encourage him to finish the game with his teammates. But, uh, you know, Marius said, no, no, I'm done. Um, and, I, you know, I think that was, wasn't that also Monday night? Like, was that the Manning telecast? Yeah, I think so. I don't think I had it on the Manning telecast, but that was definitely that was definitely the Monday night, like, super wild card game. So Russell Wilson is is the guest in the fourth quarter, and I think they were down by two scores or, you know, three scores or whatever. And there's nine, ten, nine minutes, nine or ten minutes left, and Russell Wilson's on there. And Russell Wilson says, "Yeah, if I'm literally quote, he's like, if I'm Kyler Murray right now, I'm on the sidelines rallying the guys. There's still time. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna take perfection, but we can do this." And, the cameraman cuts directly to Kyler Murray as Russell Wilson's talking about what he would be doing. Kyler Murray's sitting on the end of the bench with a baseball cap on, staring into outer space, talking to fucking nobody. This guy's a fucking head case. He's a lunatic. I can't believe he's demanding all, all this money, a new contract. He's he's a one-hit wonder. He, he just runs around. He throws balls up to Hopkins. When Hopkins isn't there, he's a stiff. So uh, if I'm an Arizona Cardinals fan, I say good riddance. I'd get rid of this guy. I don't know that anybody would want him, quite frankly, you know, because he's a head case. Um, but I think you got to find a way to get out of this. If you're Arizona. Oh, yeah. He met with, apparently met with the owner, Bidwell. And, you know, they had a long discussion about their future. And anytime the owner's getting involved in this kind of stuff, I mean, the kid's 24. Like, buddy, you haven't earned your stripes. You're not Tom Brady. Who the hell are you? He's a two-time pro bowler, though. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think I saw it on, on ESPN uh, today here here Tuesday, but I think Bart it was Bart Scott that said this guy is not a leader or he's not a good leader, and I called it a while ago. 
so apparently Bart Scott was on the case, but another little tidbit from, from the statement from the agent. It is now simply up to the Cardinals to decide if they prioritize their rapidly improving already two-time Pro Bowl QB. I mean, not to beat the dead horse, but anybody that has two functioning eyeballs that watched the second half of the season unfold for the Arizona Cardinals saw a rapidly declining QB. And making the Pro Bowl is like getting a participation trophy. You know, going to the Pro Bowl is not really an accomplishment anymore. And if you're still playing, you know, the most meaningful football at that time of year, you're not playing in the Pro Bowl. So, yeah, I like, and they were showing all the clips of him hanging his head and, you know, with the puckered lips or the big frown, whatever you want to call it. Um, But like you said, he's got two years left on his deal and then an option. Yeah, I think one year and then an op- a team option, I think. It's that fifth year, whatever option it is, because he's a rook- rookie. So what's the big deal if he, like, why can't he go out next year and light it up and then get paid? I'll tell you why, because he knows he's not going to light it up. He's yeah. he's He's been found out. They, you know, they figured him out. All he does is run around and, you know, chucks the ball up. Um, we saw what he did with that with that play in the end zone. That was that was one of the worst football plays ever. I mean, you could go up and watch like the Lenape Valley like peewee team, and a quarterback who makes that play in the end zone gets pulled from the game. It could be like eight years old gets pulled from the game. So um, maybe that had something to do with Kyler Murray taking a seat at the end of the game and not going back in. Yeah, just wild. I thought I had something else that I wanted to add. Oh, wasn't like and wasn't there smoke like immediately after that that loss to the Rams, the playoff loss, and then the Cardinal season? Like, wasn't there immediate smoke about you know an MLB return for Kyler? Yeah, I don't know what that was about either. Like, there was a lot of pictures of him in the in the athletics uh, gear, and I didn't understand it because MLB was locked out at the time. So it did, it made, they were like, Oh, he's, he's back. He's going to spring training. I'm like, that's not true. That's fake news. Like he's like MLB's locked out right now. Um, but there was a lot of like a lot of that stuff going around on social media of like, yeah, he's, he's working out or he's doing this. So I don't know where that was coming from, but there's no way he could have been participating in like spring training or anything. Crazy. Yeah. Just, I mean, it wasn't even that bad of a year. Like, yeah, yeah, he crumbled. Yeah, he had a couple embarrassing performances, uh, you know, that was capped off with, with the playoff held of the Rams. But just feels like kind of like another, dare I say, Ben Simmons situation where a guy, like, chokes in, in, in one big stage and just completely shuts it down. I mean, I guess he's, he's looking for more cash, but so it's a little different. But, I mean, Christ, just if, if you're that confident that you're worth the bag, go out there and show him next year. You know, it used to be, I don't know when this changed, but it used to be, gee, um, teams would pay guys for past performance. And so, like, for example, like, look at, like, the Phillies, right? Like, they like they loaded up on that, that homegrown core, and, like, they won the World Series, and everybody got the bag, right? Um, which you could argue maybe isn't the right move. Uh, but... Now it's like players don't even feel like they need to perform 
and they want the bag? It's like, what is going on here? It's this new generation. Again, that 35%. If Kyler Murray grew up in Philly, he'd be in that 35% of Gen Z Sixers fans that are there courtside dapping everybody up, not a worry in the world on daddy's debit card. Um, so maybe it's just the new generation where they don't feel like they have to perform or they don't feel like they need results. Um, everybody seems to fear that they're going to be left at the altar. Everybody talks about commitment, like in, in pro sports, buddy, it's a business. How about you win something? They'll commit to you. You got to win something. Yeah. I'm starting to think we need like Dave Portnoy and Barstool Sports or maybe Joe Rogan, you know, somebody of that caliber to, uh, to sign you and I to, to a long-term, uh, you know, podcasting deal. And <laughs> let, let's get, let's get the biggest sponsors in the world. Um, and just get it cracking because, um, you know, we're rapidly improving here on thoughts from the shit. Yeah. Two time pro bowler as, as nominated by myself. Yeah. Eight, eight month podcaster. Um, sign, sign me up <laughs> too funny. Anything, anything else to add on, on that, that bum? No, I mean, I think it's clear, like from an Eagles perspective, you ask yourself, would you rather have him or would you rather have hurts? I mean, I don't think there's any question it's, it's hurts. Yeah, that I thought about that too. Just looking, looking at the, uh, you know, the ESPN debate uh, today. Like, I get it. Jalen Hurts doesn't have all the physical tools. He's not the best passer, but like, at least, at least you can tell guys like him, and he's a good leader. And, um, you know, pe- people will play with him. He, he's not hanging his head, and it, it's never about him, right? I mean, not yet. It's, everything's subject to change, but. You know, Hertz had a pretty tough playoff performance, and he's not asking for a bag, and he's not making a fuss. You know, I haven't heard anything about Jalen Hurts since the end of the season, and I don't play into until July or August. Yep. Yeah, just different, different DNA, man. One's a winner. One's a guy who just, you know, realizes he has to get to work. The other one uh, wants everything handed to him. Yeah. So, I mean, while while Jalen Hurts isn't a star um i I did i did want to bring this you know to the pod today for for a little little fun discussion hypothetical and hopefully the listeners can you know give their inputs or you know think about think about who they choose but barstool philly posted today on instagram uh a little question top five superstars in philly right now who do you have and how would you rank them? Now, that would leave me leave me to believe that, you know, it's kind of an open you pick your stars, but then in the picture and in, in the comments, people are rattling off uh, you know, solely from the picture. And it's Joel Embiid, Jason Kelsey, James Harden, Claude Giroux, and Bryce Harper. So if you want to stick with those five have at it bomb or, or if you've got somebody else who you think's worthy of a top five in the city right now, but I mean, how would you rank them? And what, 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 what's the category top five superstars in Philly right now? Yep. There aren't five superstars in Philly right now. Let's just, let's just start with that. Wow. <laughs> it's like Bryce Harper, number one. And then like you go to the, you go to maybe go to basketball, right? Maybe you go to Embiid or Harden or whatever, but and I don't even know that you can go to Harden because the guy's been here for a cup of coffee. Um, but he is here right now. All right, so then then I put Harden I put Harden above Embiid. I go Harper, Harden, Embiid. 
I don't think there's another superstar in the town. In fact, if I had to go Eagles, I would go. I, I don't think there's a superstar on the Flyers. So let's just put let's just throw that out there. If I had to go Eagles, so so again, number one, Harper, and then <laughs> ten spots behind Bryce Harper, the other two, but for argument's sake, two, three. Four. I'm going to put two young guys, man. I, I hate to do it, but I'm not going to sit here and fall for the mummer bullshit from Jason Kelsey. Four, Jordan Maialata. Five, Devontae Smith. Love that. Yeah, I love Maialata, man. He he really throws some guys around. And Smith had a nice year. We just got to uh, got to find ways to get on the ball a little more and, and utilize him, but... I mean, if you're going to tell me Jason Kelsey's a superstar and we're willing to put an O lineman all in the top five, then it's clear it's Myelotta. You can't. I mean, Jason Kelsey maybe five years ago, but it's Myelotta. Yeah, I think Myelotta's better right now, but Kelsey's had a, really had a hell of a career. Obviously, he's won a Super Bowl. Um, the guy hardly misses any games, and you know he's he's really the leader of of this era of Eagles football. Honestly, right? I mean, who else is there? Well, my my lotto was ranked as the the third highest graded graded tackle by uh, by Pro Football Focus this year. Um, six eight three forty six. I don't know, man. I mean, yeah, I, I get the historical, you know, Jason Kelsey stuff. Thanks for your service. Appreciate what you've done, but he ain't a superstar. Fair enough. So you go, you go, Harper, Harden, Embiid. Mylotta and Devonte Smith. That's your top five stars in Philly right now. Yeah, and those those would be my top five stars heading into the next count. Cal- you know what I mean? Like heading into the next calendar year. Sure. Well. Like so, it's a little bit forward looking. I will. I will like admit that. You know what I mean? But like, as we head into twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three, like that's where I'd have them. All right. Well, I think I'm. I'm just gonna stick with the list here. Um, I, I like the forward look out of you, but I think. For me, it's the number one spot is tough, right? Like, I think I think Claude Giroux is number one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You're kidding. You're I'm kidding. kidding. Um, I'm between Bryce Harper and, and James Harden. And how the guy got been here for ten minutes? It, yeah, but it's not about it's not about you know it, he, he's here right now, and it's just who who is a bigger star. It's not about where where they did it, and I guess. You, you could counter that with what I said about Jason Kelsey, about how he's been here and he's won a Super Bowl for us and everything. But I'm I'm thinking Harden and Harper both have won MVP, right? But Yeah, and one happened here. Right. But Bryce Harper is on like a middling team, like a middling Phillies team, whereas James Harden is here and, you know, we were a perennial championship contender now with him. So I I think I think because I think because we have a, ch- a chance with the Sixers to to win a championship, whereas with the Phillies we don't. I think I would put James Harden as the biggest star in Philly right now. I mean, it's your list, so I you know. You do what you need to do, but that's fucking ludicrous, dude. I mean, <laughs> that's fucking ludicrous. Yeah, I'm going hard in one. I'm going Bryce Harper, too. Bryce Harper, uh, you know, is one MVP. He's 
he's been he's been the best player in baseball, um, you know, for a time. Whether he still is or not, that that's you know a debate for uh, for some other baseball experts and 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 not me. But he's he's clearly been at the top at some point. Um, so I'd put I'd put Harper at two, uh, and then I definitely would put Embiid at three. And I, and I think it's close. It's no like slight to Joel, um, but he hasn't won the MVP yet. He hasn't got out of the second round yet. Um, and yeah, I'm just looking for a little bit more. I mean, I think, I think in two, three years, maybe, maybe he's the number one guy then I'm not sure, but I got him beat three. Um, I put Kelsey four and, and and Claude at, at, at five. Um, so that, that's where I'm going. I'm not looking forward. I'm just looking at the post. Those are the five guys listed, and that's that's where I'm at. So I got Harden, Bryce Harper, Joel, Kelsey, and Jareel. Any reactions, Bob? No. No. I, I don't – I mean – I don't – I mean – you're you're dinging Harper for not being on a winning team, yet Embiid has never won anything. James Harden's never won shit. Claude Giroux's never won shit. Deal, I only got Harper behind one guy. Yeah, a guy who's been here for ten minutes. <laughs> but I, I think I think that addition has like the star power that's that might put us over the top. That that's kind of a big deal. Like I, I think in in since this trade has happened, and watching, you know, the 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 few games that have happened, like, I didn't, I don't think I realized how good James Harden was. Like, I think he's he's very good. Of course, he's very good. But you're you're comparing two diff, two totally different sports. One where a guy's going to touch the ball in every possession, James Harden, and another one where Bryce Harper gets maybe four at bats a game. Yeah, it, it's tough. I, I'm not saying there's a big gap. That's that's just where I'm at right now, and and I'm just I'm just like soured on the Phillies, too. I, I mean, you got the lockout. Uh, I, I guess you you can't tell if they made any fucking moves over the off season because everything's been locked out. Uh, but I I just don't see how this team is going to be ready to compete and, and make a playoff run anytime soon. And I was scrolling through the comments on this post, you know, that that posed the question about the stars and whatnot. And I'm I'm curious to get your reaction to this comment. I thought it was interesting. This guy writes, the Phillies are well on their way to doing to Harper what the Flyers did to Giroux. What exactly did the Flyers do to Giroux? I, I think the argument is that, you know, they didn't surround him with enough talent. And that, that the Phillies might do that to Bryce and, and kind of waste waste his uh his tenure in Philly. I mean, it's a little early, but it's so early. I mean, these people who write this shit and make you know, these hot take artists in the comments section, they have no clue about the cadence of baseball. The Phillies need a starting pitcher and some back, back of the back of the bullpen type stuff. And, uh, and a little more pop out of their, out of their, uh, you know, corners, right. Whether it be third base, first base corner outfield. Um, like, weren't people saying the same shit about the Atlanta Braves and Freddie Freeman, like, last year? Like, perennial just disappointment. You know, granted, the Braves were making the playoffs and whatnot. But, I mean, baseball's a weird sport, man. You could get hot for a couple months, squeak into the playoffs, and win it all. I, I just don't 
uh, versus the Stanley Cup playoffs, which is a grind. Like you need a full, like a full, well-oiled machine type of team to go all the way. Yeah, I guess, but I think the Phillies have a lot of holes, man. Like you, you touched on the corners. Uh, I think both out, outfield. I get it. Outfield spots, other than, other than Bryce, uh, you know, bullpen. They what do they have? One one really good starter right now. That's about it. I mean, Noel's been a question mark. So it's uh, and, and what they they got no farm system, right? I mean, they haven't had a farm system since yeah. since they brought up all, all the guys to win in 08. Yeah, it's been disappointing, and they're they're I mean, they're international. You know, scouting is is pathetic. I mean, they they when when is the last time they got a guy that, you know, floated over on a raft from Cuba? Like, we're the only team that can't find a way to do that. Like, can we, can we offer the guy a fucking Bridgestone and a contract? Like, Jesus. Yeah, I, I don't know. Everybody seems to be able to pull some guy out of somewhere, and we just can't 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 seem to do that. But I I I don't know. I thought I thought the comment was 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 an interesting comp and uh obviously it's looking like you know we're getting to the end of, of Claude Giroux's te- tenure in, in Philly with the trade deadline coming up um so we'll have to get into that a little bit more uh hopefully potentially with a uh with a guest who's a little bit more knowledgeable in the field um but yeah just uh I, I mean obviously I think Bryce Harper is a much much better player much bigger star than, than Claude Giroux uh in, in his respective sport, but uh, still you can see the parallels of, of two talented guys, you know, potentially going to waste in this town. I will say like, there are some parallels with like the young guys, like the flyers have gotten absolutely no production out of their, their young kind of D linemen, their top picks, etc. You know, the Phillies made a huge bet on Scott Kingery. It was almost like an Evan Longoria type deal where before the guy even played, uh, a pitch in the big leagues. He was getting. A, he got the bag. Getting a big contract. Um, and I think some of his demise. He was a gap to gap guy. He had some, you know, double triple type power. And they they brought him into the gospel of, of Gabe Kapler, and all of a sudden everything was launch angle. It's you know, I, I get the need for analytics um, from an organizational perspective, but when it comes down to specific players. They shouldn't be thinking about their launch angle or their exit velo. They should do the types of things that got them to the fucking big leagues. So I think when when Kingery went haywire and pretty much just totally lost his ability to fucking hit, um, that that was where this entire this entire team like there you would have a guy that could play up the middle, could play you know what I mean, like second base and uh, and hit you know twenty bombs, thirty doubles, and you know secure the middle of the lineup or hit in front of Harper. Um, but, you know, they just don't have that guy. They need a guy that, that can that can do that. Yeah, well, I don't know if we're uh, – if, if we'll get to see, you know, any prospects of of that in the near future with, with what's going on with the MLB and the PA and the, and the lockout. So with this superstar stuff, right, like you named your five, I named my five, like – Reese Hoskins, man, just fell off the face of the earth. Remember when he came up and everybody was comparing him to Babe Ruth? Babe Ruth. 
Yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about Reese Hoskins for the for the Philly star list. Yeah, he you know he's another guy that's bothersome. He's got the the dog. Uh, you know, he's a launch angle guy. Yeah, he runs into a couple every once and again. But what I I can't stand his little home run shot where the the bat falls and he's coming around first and he's doing the. I don't even know what it is. It's like a signal out to the bullpen. Yeah, it's like it's the it's the pointer finger and the pinky up. It's uh, it's like the Texas Texas Longhorn thing, but I, I don't I don't know what it means to him and the Phillies at all. Yeah, it's like a it's like a they're like da- he's like dapping up like the bullpen. Like why are we dapping them up? They're just gonna blow the lead. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I hate that, buddy. Just run the bases. You know, for those of you guys who who uh, enjoy a good like deep dive like article from a sports writer I'd, I'd implore you all to type in on google just type in the the search terms chase utley the man there was an article about chase utley and his hall of fame eligibility in the coming years uh, written in the Inquirer. it's behind a paywall but if you search on google and then click through msn you get through the paywall and when utley first came up to the big leagues he didn't get a lot of playing time they called him into the office and they want to send him down and uh, basically, he ripped the team for for sending him down and said, quote, well, I guess you really don't want to win then. Um, so that, that's that's the superstar that I'm fucking used to having in the city, a humble guy who just fucking grinds and works and hits and shows up and plays every day. He's not all for load management. He's out there, you know. For better or for worse with his teammates, doesn't say a word doesn't isn't big in the media he just works that's a superstar that's that's my style superstar chase Utley. yeah i think i think he's got to be the the greatest superstar in philly and in our lifetime or, or at least you know in my memory of watching sports which probably goes back like 20 to, to 25 years at, at this point you know i'm not one of those people that claims that i remember what happened in 1995 um, I, I have a good friend. Sometimes he's a listener, so so he'll probably text me if he hears this. But he's he's a New York fan, and uh, the Rangers won the Stanley Cup in '94. We were born in '92. He says he remembers watching the Rangers win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> oh man, that's the biggest bag of shit I've ever heard. Yeah, um, I mean it's pathetic. And th- those guys, there's a reason why you know, like the Rollins, the Utley, the, the Howard, the Hamels, they were obviously superstars when we were, you know in high school and college, et cetera. Um, but you look at like the production of a guy like Chase Utley and they said during his 10 year peak, his, his, in the middle of his career, the 10 years that he, you know, came up and started playing full time. There was only one player in the big leagues that had more wins against replacement. You know, the statistic war wins against replacement, meaning how many additional wins are you worth versus a, an average rep- replacement player that, you know, would be playing second base or whatever position. One guy was ahead of him, the machine, Albert Pujols, who at his peak was like hitting 300, bashing 40 home runs, and like driving in 150 R- 140 RBIs. I mean, there was one guy who was who was better during that decade than Chase Utley, and it was Albert Pujols. So um, even though those people say he's not a Hall of Famer, that guy's a Hall of Famer. I've, I saw the way that guy played the game every day. That guy is as close to a Hall of Famer as I've ever seen. Yeah, that's that's pretty incredible. And I think the window that, that you mentioned was 2004 to 2013. Um, 
and just to to give out some credit, I believe the fellow that wrote this article, if if you're looking for it, is is Matt Breen. Um, yeah, good good read. You got you got to pull it up and. Uh, and I mean to cut you off there, G. What were you gonna say? No, no, I was just gonna say you shared it. I read it, and I, I agree. It was it, it was a great read, and it's just an interesting look back to, um, you know, why all the Larry Bellas and Ruben Amaros and everybody why, why they love Chase and kind of why the the city loved Chase, and it and it wasn't because of, uh, you know, what he was posting on Instagram or what he was saying in the media, or he he didn't go back down to work on his launch angle. You know, the guy, the guy was just a winner, and he was a grinder, uh, worked his tail off, and that's that's really what we look for, at least in our generation, and I feel like the older generations of Philly fans. Yeah, maybe to put put, in, put a hammer on it and nail this one home, like, what what a, I mean, compare and contrast that to, like, the Kyler Murrays of the world. Um, You know, just, just totally, t- totally different. I mean, I was giving this some thought the other day in the shower right after I read that article. You know, I think a lot of things in life are, and I'll get a little deep here for a moment, so indulge me. I think a lot of things in life are very cyclical. And the reason I say that is if I had a kid and he was playing Little League Baseball, so let's say maybe 15 years down the road or whatever it's going to be, right? And he's playing Little League Baseball. The guy who I would want my kid and his friends to play like would be Chase Otley which means that you get these kids that are going to put their head down. They're going to run to first base. They're going to run everything out. They're going to play like it's their last play. And I think a lot of people in this region who grew up with that style of Phillies baseball are when their kids go to play a sport are going to look back on who the formative athletes were that when you were a kid or in high school or college or whatever. And how do you want to style your game? How do you want to approach the game? Whatever sport it may be. And, you know, I do think like, in the future, as our generation goes and becomes parents, you're going to see more kids play a hard-nosed style of sports compared to the stuff that's coming up now with the social media, compared to the Gen Z people who are going to, I don't even know what they're going to produce. They're clearly not going to produce athletes. Maybe they'll produce you know, more TikTok stars or something. But I do think things in life are very cyclical, and I'm interested to see when folks our age begin having kids and those kids start to play meaningful sports beyond t-ball right so maybe little league high school that type of thing you know how do those kids run balls out how do those kids slide into second base how do those kids play the game how do they run up and down the court how do that you know what i mean how, how good of a teammate are they i think a lot of this stuff is cyclical i'm really interested to see how that plays out at scale over the next 10 to 20 years yeah man let's hope it's cyclical we've got uh we we've got a uh I don't know how to put this nicely, like a very unique, uh, is that a nice way to put it? A unique, uh, you know, set, set of youngsters on our hands these days. I feel like, um, that's not to say we're perfect by any means, but no, 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 not, not saying that at all. There's, there's, you could take the good and, and mix it with the good of other generations, but look at, look at the pros today. Coddled. Look at a Carson Wentz coddled Kyler Murray coddled. You know, it was, we, we were kind of on that cutoff where, sports specialization became a big thing, right? And the guys today are highly specialized. They are, you know, in with trainers, personal trainers and specialized, uh, you know, training and lifting and et cetera. And they've been told, you you said this a few episodes ago, the entire town has told them they're the greatest thing since sliced bread, since day one. They've been the best player since day one. They've been told they've been great their entire life. 
And that's that's the type of athlete that 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 environment breeds. These guys that are self-absorbed, all about their brand, all about what they can pump on Instagram. And man, I'm interested to see what happens in like 15 years. You think like I I just I couldn't imagine putting up a little snot-nosed kid who's pumping his training on Insta. Like it just wouldn't happen. Like Bomb Jr., I'm sorry, we call him the grenade. The grenade would have to He'd be off. There'd be no pumping of like your batting practice on Instagram. I'm so, nobody wants to see it. Nobody gives a shit. Okay, we care about the fucking results in the game. Just win, man. Yeah, yeah. The grenade. His his phone is not allowed in the gym. I, I'm I'm gonna assume that's a uh, that's gonna be some parental <laughs> guidance of bomb. Yeah. Nah, that's good stuff. It, it it is interesting to think about. Um, but we'll see. Um, but I was going to say, were you, were you hop, hopping in the shower after reading that article? Cause you know, it had you feeling, feeling some type of way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? It actually made me feel dirty because of all the slop we've been watching for the last 10 years in Philadelphia sports. And, you know, you read an article like that, you read about what that guy's done and how he plays the game and how he came up through the game. And you think about the punks we have, and it's like, again, I get back to the processors. You co-signed this. You co-signed these losers. So totally different mentality. Nah, well said. I don't have anything else to add. You, you got anything else you want to get to tonight? We got any bones to pick or uh, any other topics or loose ends? Not for me, no. Nothing. I, I would just, I'm going to give a brief, brief bone to pick. And it's not it's not like a full full bore. Um, but I thought it was interesting. And, you know, a friend of ours shared, shared it with me on Monday. But going to pick of the week uh, brought to you by Shamrock's son. Uh, how about this guy, Daniel Berger? Uh, Daniel Berger, I believe, had a five shot lead going into the final round of the Honda Classic on Sunday. Uh ultimately blew it i mean i think he i think he blew it pretty early i think he took like a double or a triple uh in one of the first few holes on sunday i uh, was kind of chasing the rest of the way uh you know the rain came down on 17 and 18 and he, he needed to to reach the 18th green and two to have a shot at, at making an eagle and tying straka uh and this guy puts it in the water um but but long story short five stroke lead daniel berger Ryder cup all this stuff and, and he blows the lead. Sepp Straka wins the Honda Classic. Monday morning, you know, my, my average Joe ass is up, you know, coffee, <laughs> open up the laptop, get ready to grind through another week. And I get sent this Instagram story of, of uh, what, what is his Instagram name? I think it's like DB Straight Vibin' or D-Berg Straight Vibin'. I got DB Straight Vibin' out, out on, a, on a fucking huge-ass boat you know, barreling through through the waters on a beautiful sunny day. Um, you know, not not dwelling on the loss whatsoever, get any work in, just just getting some good R and R. Um, so that, that's that's my slight slight bone to pick of the week. I mean, the guy goes from choking away a five stroke lead to just just hopping on his boat and getting out in the sun. But you know, maybe that's that's what you need to cl- clear the mind and and, and get right after yeah, after an I mean- L. I'm going to butcher his caption. I don't have it saved and it was a story, so I can't pull it up. But like, wasn't his caption something along the lines of like, wow, what a beautiful Monday morning out here. Or like easy living or something. Easy living. Like, buddy, <laughs> you just got punked yesterday. Yeah. 
Well, I mean, that just goes to show we can't beat ourselves up too hard for, you know, putting in 40, 40 hours a week and then going and firing off a 95 and waking up Monday and hating ourselves for it and looking forward to do it, doing it all over again. I'm not firing off any more 95s. <laughs> no 95s this week. Come on, man. Yeah, Pinehurst. You'll have to tell us about it uh, next week. Um, looking forward to hearing about that. I mean, we, we had the infamous uh, – trip to Pinehurst a few years back. Um, so, so hopefully, uh, hopefully knowing the lay of the land will we'll help you out a, a little bit, uh, this time, but I got nothing else this week, Dom. I just wish you well on your trip. Hope you play well, safe travels and, uh, and enjoy and, you know, maybe, maybe share, share some content or, or some, some, some of the scenery down there, uh, you know, for the followers. Yeah, we'll, we'll do. Uh, let me, let me give the followers an idea of the type of weather bomb will be battling, uh, this week, so I'll get I'll get the content going on the gram. But Wednesday we're stopping off uh, uh, at Duke University, playing that course, seventy four degrees. Uh, Thursday um, we're playing what's what's the crazy course down there? Uh, Tobacco Road, seventy nine degrees. Friday Pinehurst, sixty one. Saturday seventy six degrees. Sunday departure day for some. Bombs extending the trip, eighty degrees. 84 degrees Monday. So, you know, bombs been working, bombs been playing well, but at the, at Lulu country club, there's an issue during this weather, right? I'm hitting these big, beautiful drives hitting dead center of the fairway and plugging, hoping to get a little run G. Oh, they're hitting the center of the fairway and plugging. I thought you were going to say you're just hit, hitting them into, into a screen in the clubhouse on the simulator. Nah, man, I'm out there as well. Yeah, that's nice. I'm looking to get out, uh, potentially, Monday, uh, got an off day from work. It's looking like it's going to be like 70 or 75, uh, here in the greater Philadelphia area. So we're, we're getting there folks. It's March 1st. Uh, happy March, happy warm weather. Let's hope it's coming soon. Uh, and we'll talk to everybody next week. Uh, thank you to Shamrock Sun. Thank you to Menard premium detailing our sponsors, wherever you're listening, five-star rating. Uh, we'd appreciate it. Uh, We always appreciate everybody who listens, everyone who's following along. So thank you so much. Uh, Enjoy the week. Enjoy the weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.